You're listening to the one of us.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at one of us.net at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Men. Oh, the two and a half men thing. No. Men, 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 men. Speaking as the menliest man on one of us.net, I'm glad. Guys, are you okay? I'm good, yeah. I had an autonomic reaction to that statement, so. We're reviewing Alex Garland's new film, Men, which is a title that alone stirs up sentiment even though this is a film probably made more for woe men than it is is for men to be sure and that is not my criticizing this film to be clear Mm -mm. there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever i think in fact in this day and age you make a movie called men i mean that's a given right it's not really. This is not yeah. going to be some like basement dweller. <laughs> no, but when you give it that poster, though, everything about it, like the marketing, even again, like the title of the film. Even though we, when we saw it, we saw the the Q and A and him saying like, "I don't know what's about," and uh, like you just make it up in your own, like, "Oh, you kind of know." What it's about. Yeah, you, you had you had a, not an agenda, but you had some aims. We'll get into the Q and A once we get to that point a little later in the review because I have things to say specifically about his reaction to people asking him about this film. Yeah. Mm. But that being said, Garland is a guy who came from a really interesting career in sci-fi and, uh, you know, what have you, and genre Action stuff. and novels, who, like, yeah. wrote a bunch of really important and, like, big stuff along the way of his career before he became a director with his first film, Ex Machina, mm. which obviously was largely very, very well-received mm-hmm. and was a yeah. star-making vehicle for Vikander and Oscar Isaac. I oh, mean, yeah, that's right, yeah. No question. I put know. him on the map as well. I yeah. Mean, geez, yeah. yeah. And then followed it up with uh, Annihilation. Which I need to see still. Well, I really, really liked it. I not every- loved it. Not yeah. everybody did. I've still not read the original novel, which I, I've heard from people both... It's better than the novel, and it's worse, much worse than the novel, depending on who you ask. But I, I have the novel, just to so be pretentious. That's what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah, yeah sure. Oh, I, it's, I have not read it. Owning a book is not pretentious, right? Oh, <laughs> oh uh, in, in, the way you ask. Well, I'm sorry. If I own it, it's pretentious. Oh, because okay. I'm have like, you seen library? <laughs> I know. So I was poking through it a little while ago, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal some. Oh, you didn't hear that, did you? <laughs> so Any chance you didn't hear that, right? All the books oh, you have are, good taste. All Great. the books are highbrow. <laughs> the books are highbrow. <laughs> <laughs> and the reviews are great. <laughs> anyway, this is his third directed film in much anti- 
anticipated. Yeah. And mm. a, a film with a title like, man, this is uh, Jesse Buckley, who is, I know, right, has a gigantic crush on. Oh, she's still I trying a to, huge she's crush on her. Still, yeah. She's great. I mean, she's great, but I'm still trying to figure out the specifics of that. Uh, I mean, Human so, sexuality. No, it's like magnetism, I suppose. That, but, and yeah. also she's a great singer. That was her big break. I think she was up for a Golden Globe or Academy Award or something like that. She was playing a singer, and she's an incredible singer. Oh, okay. Movie. Oh, fuck, I forget what it's called. I didn't see it. I'm just oh, like, yeah. I was like <laughs> assuming she was great. Yeah. So she's not your Michelle Pfeiffer, then I guess. Otherwise, I mean, you would have seen it. Nobody, no, she's, she's no, she's no Dee Dee Pfeiffer. Uh, oh wow. Nobody by comparison to you is Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, that's well. that's a psychosis. No, there, are, I, I sadly know people that would rival me. That's Frank, who's obsessed to a level that you know, if they were like. They finally found the stalker, Michelle Pfeiffer. I would just go, it was Frank, right? And I am wearing her fragrance right now, but that's just apropos of nothing. <laughs> it's Fru Fru Pfeiffer. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Chris. I'm wearing her fragrance right now, but that's just because we just fooled around. And Chris. Also, also, yeah, I like the older ladies. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. And then right. Hello. That's it? That's it. Nothing? I got nothing else, no. All right, so she plays a character named Harper. Uh, Her husband has died, played in flashbacks only by Papa Esadieu. I don't know if I'm saying that right or not. Sounds like you are. Who, it's unclear till a certain point in the movie exactly what happened, but it's assumed that he committed suicide. Yes. In the early part of this film. You see them fighting. You see him going, I will kill myself if you leave me. And then you see him dropping out of a window, like her watching him fall in slow motion in front of her. So that's a a pretty traumatic setup and she's like I'm gone <laughs> getting the fuck out of the city yeah I got trauma now <laughs> and so she's retreated to the English countryside renting a house a beautiful crazy like Jesus Christ what do you do for a living type level of house I did try to actually follow what she did for work and because she was on a work call at she one was. point yeah and I was like that's ah, probably Excel or something like it that it felt like just like generic like business consulting type stuff and like or, yeah. you could say analyst you're like oh never mind I don't even yeah, want to like know. forget it it's unclear but she's doing well Obviously. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know. I mean, it's an money, Airbnb and, or Verbo. I mean, she, you know. Money is <laughs> never brought up as an issue in this film. So right off the bat, she's introduced by, like, the guy who's, like, sort of managing the place. Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Play, played by Rory <laughs> Kinnear, who has been having a great year. He just had a great dual role in HBO's Taika Waititi pirate television series. Oh, uh, uh, our Flags Mean Death. Yeah. He oh, plays, right. he plays okay. twin brothers in that. Oh, no way. Yeah. Wow. I know. Is du- he our new Eddie Murphy? Yeah, I know. Oh. Right? He's yeah. just like, well, it's except a, in that movie, there was no extra makeup because they were just twin brothers. Yeah, and yeah. In this one, well, it was a great he, prep for this. He Jeez. plays, I think, every single male character in the film. Not every. Ex husband. Except the ex husband. Except the ex husband. But and every other character. Yeah, every other male character. He yeah. is playing mm-hmm. in different makeup. Even at one point, there's a small kid that they've like CG morphed Which his face is, under uh, him. insane. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what are you doing? But he shows him around being like, you know, not never creepy. I mean, she even clearly kind of likes the guy. It's like, he's a country bumpkin. I wouldn't even go so far as say no, a, Brit- he, a British he, bumpkin. A British bumpkin. But yeah. He, no, no, that's not. A, a British crumpet. That, 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 that is not a British bumpkin. He is more on the posh side because he owns that place. Did he say? He yeah, he, did, he does. I thought he was just manager. He, he yeah. is kind of just like bumpkin-y because he's like, oh, I'm going to uh, no, thin the, 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 the no. The that, that's that, that's more posh than anything else. That's someone that's just been to like what they call public school, which is our version but, of private school. But either and, way, yeah. you never get the feeling like they're trying to portray him as a bad character. Or no, anything that's like true. That. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, he is a joke. For yeah, the he's time. goofy. Tries to make little jokes that are bad jokes, but she's like, whatever. They're not offensive jokes or he's, anything. He's the yeah. nice guy. Yeah, she likes him overall, but not no like like. He just 
just someone you just want to get rid of. Like, yeah. you, you just like, like, all right, thank go you on. for showing me the place. That was really cool. You seem like a nice person. I won't feel have a problem calling you if anything goes wrong. And I get the fuck out of my house. Yes. And, and so take those teeth with you. She just wants to sit there and just recover and just relax and get away from it all and just gets a chance to heal. And unfortunately, a number of characters keep appearing everywhere that are also Rory Cochran wearing varying different types of makeup, which she, as a character, is totally unaware of. That's where I understand if you do have any issues with the film and his Q&A of Nez, like, I don't know, you make it up, you you figure it out. And, well, that's such a cop-out when filmmakers do that, and though. And, that's the thing, uh, is like, you made a very conscious choice because you could have had various actors yes. play this role, but... You had this one guy do this, and you're trying to make a point about how there is this toxic masculinity in the world, obviously, it is a a really bad thing. This is horrifying to the other gender and other genders. Thank you. Uh, there, you're welcome, you Max. <laughs> this is a right explains it all. Come he on. wrote the first draft of this about 15 years ago between writing Sunshine, which he wrote for uh, Danny Boyle. So good. Which That's is, a great film. It was film. actually my favorite film of the year when it came out. Oh, so really? Yeah, I love that film. And people oh. kept going, I don't like the ending. I'm like, well, you're wrong. <laughs> I don't know what to tell It's you. incredible. I my favorite that, that year was Zodiac. Absolutely amazing. Zodiac's Seven, great. Yeah. Okay, this is about men. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll, we'll this review is already getting me angry. It's oh. all about men. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring it back to men. But he wrote that between that and his adaptation of the Mark Romanek uh, novel, Never Let Me Go, which I'm actually not as big a fan of, but I, I appreciate. So as this goes on, at first, you know, she's just kind of like doing that. I'm relaxing. This is beautiful English countryside. I'm going for walks. And before long, she's just seeing this creepy person following her. At first, it's like Rory Kinnear in the distance, totally naked. <laughs> yeah. And unrecognizable, yeah. as can be. Yeah. And I, I love the introduction of that character because it comes at a point when she's like staring on this huge covered bridge and she's doing like the thing like that children do that she's like echo, echo or whatever she's doing. Yeah. And I love that because it, it, that's the moment when this character is not thinking about her grief. She's letting herself just be like free and sort yes. of like uninhibited in a way and play with herself and it's it's just a beautiful moment for that character and then it's punctuated by this figure getting up from the other end and just silhouette running towards her and the thing is even the most menacing sequence of this film is not too too menacing until like the third act really i don't know i I think so like i I think it takes like a like a halloween kind of approach where it's like slowly walking towards like well it's fuck everything that starts to freak her out that that is so off-putting is off-putting to us is so easily explained away which i think that's what's powerful about it is that it's what a, a man could say is it like well i wasn't doing anything yeah and it's like yeah but you're frightening taking from the point of view of the the main character jesse buckley who's a a woman is going to look at that like what the fuck is going on and especially that it's a a naked man who's not necessarily doing anything but why is he naked yeah why is he looking at presence yeah the sheer presence she's initially complaining to the police also played by rory canary of course (laughs) she's like okay well there's a creepy guy and like oh we come like and then he shows up at her house Naked, wandering, Which is a, wandering a horrifying around, horrifying scene. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, the police arrest him and take him to jail. And from here, there's a point where, as it starts into the third act, and because this is very a kind of meandery first two acts. It's giving the idea of how old everything is. It, it also goes back to her putting together the pieces of what happened to her ex-husband. Yeah. And like you're slowly getting the reveal of like actually what did happen. Yeah. When it tiny, finally like by breaks. By tiny bit. By tiny bit. It going back to like her talking to her friend via FaceTime and just like you need to just say fuck everyone else and just relax and treat yourself. Because I think that's one of the only times that modern technology comes into this film. I think that one of this film's greatest strengths is the fact that it is sort of like in another world. Like it's un- 
untouched by modernity. I mean, not totally. No, not, they, not, they have, no, she not has totally. access to technology. Yeah, but, but it, it fails her largely, or it doesn't really come to her aid when she needs it to. I mean, she's really... I don't is, know about that. I her, think her friend I think comes I, to her aid. I mean, no, because she, her friend loses, she loses the connection and whatnot, but I, I love oh, that. that's always creepy, too. It's just basically her and her own devices, and her facing her fears, and there's mm-hmm. really no escape from it. There's no shying away. There's no turning away. There's no hiding. Well, eventually, yeah. things get really, really intense in the third act, which is to say the first two acts are... <laughs> kind of slow they're a little meandery that's not necessarily a criticism i'm just saying that's how it's presented yeah the third act goes full cronenberg yeah that, in a way much bigger than you expected coming like cronenberg <laughs> watches like jesus yeah i felt like that like cronenberg went like what the fuck dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah it there's a a sequence that i know that's now just like burned into our skulls yeah where uh Speaking about russian doll <laughs> <laughs> god i remember watching that and just like mouth agape could not believe what i was seeing because it was something I've never seen before, I and and it was just <laughs> surreal and horrifying and gross but and hypnotic at the and same hypnotic time. Hypnotic because yeah. like she was in even hypnotized by yeah. the whole thing, just watching it yeah. happen. And I know we're being very vague right now. It is a really intense scene and mesmerizing at the same time. I, I will mm-hmm. give it full credit for practical mixed with like digital fixing yeah. digital yeah. 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 stuff yeah. in digital because yeah. a lot of it is practical, but it's one of the best examples I've seen on film of mixing practical with digital. It looks incredible mm-hmm. and you don't want to see it, to be fair. Like, I think a lot of people who come into this going like, oh, I liked Ex Machina are going to be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, uh, holy shit. This is the one of the goriest and disturbing things I've ever seen in a film okay the bear scene annihilation yeah. that scene I have it's that seen like it. the whole last sequence <laughs> yeah. it's <just> like <laughs> yeah, even more so though. even more so yeah. Just, uh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Like, the context of it is what makes it so disturbing yeah exactly. like, totally but yeah. it's wildly graphic so I've said things I liked about this. Let me say things I don't like about this. Um, I don't think the director even knew what this movie is about. I've read well, multiple well, interviews with him, and he's like, I don't know. I just thought it would be kind of creepy to have Rory Kinnear play the same character throughout the whole movie. Like, yeah, that doesn't really work for me in a film that is like clearly is trying to say something and then never really says something. You don't think it really says something? No, I don't think it ever really I, I, says yeah, something. Yeah, I, don't, I think that it starts to say a couple of things. And then doesn't finish the sentence. It doesn't finish any of the uh, sentences yeah. that it starts. Yeah, no. I, I really feel that way. And I also feel like there's a dream logic that's going on in this film yes that the end is betrayed by a sequence where her friend is there i felt like oh you betrayed the dream logic here by insinuating okay did it actually happen or did it not happen and not in the way the audience is questioning in the way like oh the friend witnesses things that goes like i guess it happened so what does that mean and even the director and we can get into the q a now if you guys want yeah sure is like answering questions like i don't know dude i just thought it would be creepy i'm like are you fucking kidding me like uh, this yeah. is like a movie that there's so many interesting visual and, and, and ideas aw- audio well, i'm not even going well, as far well, as ideas well, well there's the idea of ideas yeah i'm like <laughs> i think it starts with what could have evolved into something that has interesting ideas but it never really does no there, there's uh, no there's no commentary that i could pinpoint that's the one thing i didn't like either like, i think on a technical level all the suspense moments the cinematography the mm-hmm. score like the acting yeah, is the, great i'm saying the score the score is really so great and yes it's all on point there is moments of tension and tension that's prolonged wonderfully prolonged mm-hmm. like the, the when the 
naked man shows up in front of her house or in back of her house. That's just extended. That's, and that's you're a just, one shot, I think. Yes. Yeah. And that all works. But maybe there is meaning here. Maybe there are ideas and things. I just yeah, didn't. Yeah, but he wasn't willing to talk about it during the Q&A. That's and, for sure. And I wasn't <laughs> connecting with that movie on that level. Um, at all at all yeah and this is a movie that like starts with this whole this is what we're talking about people and then feels like it just went no we just wanted to make a scary movie yeah like i go like but you can't start that strongly with that strong of a message like we're going to say something and then ultimately just not say anything especially in this day and age like even the symbolism wasn't really like okay yeah Yeah, it was just like there i don't feel like the symbolism meant anything yeah I would disagree with both of you. <laughs> uh, I, I actually genuinely love this movie. And, well, I liked uh, it too, but I just didn't connect with it. Yeah. The, the idea still resonated in the end for how surreal it was. And at times, I will give you guys credit, that like slightly muddled oh, it could so be. kind of you. Oh, I mean, this is a man talking <laughs> here. Yeah, okay, I'm a gentleman sorry. here. So, okay, you know, sorry. I think that the idea that it's a movie, which I wish he explained, but at the same time, I, I think I know why he was saying this because he's like, in a way, like, I don't want to man mansplain my idea, but the thing is, like, explain it. Could explain it, but like, but the thing is, though, is like, yeah, but you wrote it and you directed it, and it's like, well, just say yes. the idea of yeah. what you wanted to talk about, and like, I think I got it. Like, what he was trying to say is that <laughs> this is this like inherent fear that the opposite. You should have directed it, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because he clearly I, didn't no, know. I think, like, like, yeah, like, but this, this, Aaron actually said more about Mother than he said about this movie. Yeah. Right, uh. sure. But like this inherent fear that the opposite sex and just basically anyone else who's not a straight white male it has a fear of straight white males. I thought it was very well executed. That's just the whole thing. It's such a generalized idea of that. But it takes but a, it's it a realistic sets, approach, but though. it sets up all these things that feel like you're going to say something important yeah. about it, all these elements, and they never pay off. To, to, to leave it to just there to leave it to that broad yeah. uh, level. I mean, so that's just, yeah. But it's a base level fear that we all have. It's like fear of the no, dark or fear of, I think of the unknown. But I you think, need to engage with that concept more than you do. You just can't just leave it on the he, table he like that. Engaged with I, it. I, no. But I don't think he dealt with. The, he didn't engage with the things he was setting up, like the Rory Cochran playing every role thing. Even he doesn't know what that was yeah. for. <laughs> like he said, he doesn't know. I've read multiple interviews. He's like, I don't know. It seemed cool. I'm like, dude. Like, I'm like, oh, I don't know. All men are the same. I'm like, come on. Yeah, but <laughs> it is very creepy. Yeah, it's a creepy element, but it also is a kind of a goofy element, too. Oh. There are points I was like, this well, is I getting thought, a little silly. Well, I thought it was oddly beautiful in terms of just the effects of it, just the visuals of it. I thought it was very beautiful. It said fuck all. I mean, up to that point, I thought it was like a simple portrait of grief. Yeah. Not a simple portrait of grief, but like a, you know, a, a really disturbed portrait of grief. Yeah. yeah. Misplaced grief as well. Because and I also thought you know. they didn't really deal with that well with the grief level because there's stuff that happens to wrap it up in what? the third act that I was like, huh? See, I did think he engaged more with the relationship of the two characters, even though it's, those scenes were shot in like one day, a yeah, day and yeah, a half. Yeah, as you said, yeah. And then interspliced. And I thought those had much more weight to them than any of the other, yeah, like, no, at the end, when they deal with it, it's just like, this end period of absolute insanity like now here we go to the thing that has been this like constant background of the film and what does that have to do with Rory Cochran is what I came down to and again he doesn't know he's just like I don't know it seemed cool <laughs> it would have been better if Rory Cochran had played a boyfriend, maybe. Yeah, maybe there'd been like some connection. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm really happy I saw it. 
I'm really happy about a lot of the experiences of it because if there's nothing else you can say, Alex Garland, because I'm not even crazy about every film he wrote before he became a director, but some of them I think are masterpieces. Some of them are just okay. But this is, I think, one of his weaker written films, but it is maybe one of his better directed films in Absolutely. some ways. I agree like with that. On a sure. technical mm-hmm. level, it's just kind of amazing yeah the cinematography is jaw dropping and the guy takes full advantage of the nature around him just like he did Mm -hmm. in annihilation yeah you know he's like oh let's really really engage with this and in this one engaging with the level of like not decay but age well i really love i think midsummer did this really well as well when really tense or morbid or macabre or just really horror-filled stuff happens in places that are so serene, that lush green forest, and yeah. you know that it's like a little picturesque. Little a lot of the time, it's in. just daytime. Well, yeah, what's, exactly. What's interesting the way that they do that is that it's like the subliminal message that is like, now this is scary. Yeah. Daylight is scary. Yeah, the, the, not for, safe. the nature where well, we came. I've from. always felt that way. So <laughs> <laughs> the sun, it, it is burns. it is night it right burns. now. You are a Texan, Chris. By the way. And a vampire. <laughs> and a vampire. Wow, double <laughs> trouble. Still hoping. If, if there are any vampires out there listening, <laughs> hello. Anyway, let's get a final thoughts. Right, get us started. I love this movie. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, you were so upset when you came out, and both Frank and I were like, "Yeah, it was all right." Look, I, I felt, the, I felt the same way was uh, when I watched Jurassic World for the first time, and then like one of my good friends is like, "I really liked that movie," and we're like, "That was fucking stupid." I assume you murdered him. Jurassic World is actually a pretty good movie. No, it, you're, yes. you know what? Hold on one second. Let me. Let we're me, not going there. Wait, let me explain this to him. It's one and no. it's world. There you go. No. Yes, yeah, it. Anyway, everything else can Jesus fuck itself. Christ. So Frank, <laughs> you're so wrong. But I'm not. Anyway, go ahead. This movie. This movie. So I I would be more of an apologist for Alex Garland because everything that he's done, at least in my eyes so far, has been kind of great. Everything that he's written, everything from 28 Days Later to Dread to Never Let Me Go to... I still uh, haven't read The Beach. I need to read The Beach. I haven't read The Beach. I saw the movie, which is mediocre, but even he said it was mediocre. Did he write the novel for The Beach? He wrote the novel, but he didn't adapt it. That was his big, like... Whoa, who is this guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. got rave reviews. All right. But I've loved uh, Ex Machina. I love Annihilation. And I love this. I love the direction. I love the acting. And I love the surrealism that he's portraying in this film. Like, it's this weird guttural thing that just you feel like this something is just horrifically wrong. And I personally don't experience this. And I'm trying to look at this from another person's point of view, which is going to be extremely difficult. And at the same time, the way that he portrays it, like, I'm trying to look at it from another objective view as much as I can that I think that this is still genuinely terrifying and it still resonates with me like there is something wrong and like that the main character Jesse Buckley's character has this force of this patriarchy or this feeling that like she doesn't want to do something and she doesn't necessarily she doesn't have to give a fucking reason of why she's not good with it I genuinely like the way that that point was portrayed but i even want though, a reason i want to know i know we want a reason but we don't necessarily Dude's need gotta one. get to his final thoughts Sorry. anyway <laughs> i i really really loved it i thought it was like just super scary and fun and and just beautiful like all the things i'd love in a good horror movie and uh so i'm gonna give this nine out of ten bloody babies screaming <laughs> Frank? Wow. I don't know what to take away from this thematically other than, you know, this is just a portrait of grief from a woman who is maybe experiencing a bit of madness, maybe not. The score is great. The acting is great. The cinematography is really great. The way he uses, like, tension and just holds it. I mean, that's just brilliant. I can quote Michelle Pfeiffer again. Some of her favorite directors are directors who are not afraid of silence. 
yeah and can really just hold it and keep you engaged he's someone who can really do a lot with silence showcase a lot and elevate the story a lot but um i don't know what to take away from this i, I don't like things explained to me usually i like to dig in find my own theories and come to my own conclusions i can't even do that here you it felt know? like off the cuff at points yeah. and i think i'm feeling that also because of the climate of the last few years to make a movie like this and to not engage with it that deeply i don't know how you could do that i'm gonna end with this little anecdote about opera hitchcock his oldest granddaughter was taking a film class at ucla and she took a, a class on hitchcock didn't tell anyone that, that she was his granddaughter she would go to him after class every single day and say oh this is what they said about what's going on in, in this film and I was like, no. He's like, no, that's not what I meant at all. Where are they getting this no, crap? That's not what I said. <laughs> For the semester exam, everyone had to pick a Hitchcock movie to write about. And she knew that her grandfather's favorite movie was Shadow of a Doubt. And so she went to him and like wrote the paper with him. Like he like legit helped her cheat on her semester exam. She ended, Here's why I'm the greatest director of all time. And she ended up getting a C on the paper. Oh. Yeah. And so she came back to him. She's like, Grandpa, we got a C. He's like, I'm sorry. That's the best I can do. <laughs> 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 so I'm going to get... I'll, I'll be I'll, remembered in 40 years. <laughs> so I'm going to give this 7 out of 10 um, Cs that Humphrey Hitchcock got on an essay. There's no way to shit on this film technically. It's kind of perfect on that level. But I'm going to shit all over it story-wise as I have. <laughs> I think it's a mess. I think there's a certain amount of responsibility with this being the plot description and the first act the way it is and the title of it to actually have something to say. And in the end, I don't feel like he had anything to say. I think he was more mm. interested in just making a creepy thing. Walking out of this and listening to women who were coming out of it in the audience, they were really, really affected by it. But I oh. want to see what female critics have to say about this. Sure. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to some of those reviews because I felt like it is all set up, no payoff. Do you think people are going to be pissed? Don't know. But mm. I will guarantee you this. They're going for a wide-ish release. And people, I, I've been seeing some of the trailers yeah. so far, and they're just like, the scariest movie and since Zodiac. will walk into it, and they will be very loud, and some of them very angry about yeah. it. because, and Or very, very past angry, pissed off, because that last third act sequence is one of the most graphic, disturbing things you will ever see in a commercial Hollywood film. Now, I'm not complaining about that. I like that aspect of it. That's me. I'm a sicko. But... <laughs> Ultimately, the end, I'm just like, I was with this movie the whole time. I really wanted to connect with it. So many things are great about it. And the end, I'm like, that didn't work. This needed someone to step in from the outside and go like, here's why this doesn't work and what you need to fix. And I feel like Garland, I don't know, maybe Garland got to that point. He's like, I don't need to listen to anybody else. Maybe mm. he's one of those guys because this felt like a film by one of those guys. The show he did devs felt the same way where I was like, wow, great idea. What the fuck were you thinking in the last couple episodes? Like, this just kind of goes nowhere. It's like, okay, what did I watch that whole thing for then? If this is all you had, this feels the same way. It's like, oh, cool payoff. Once again, technically, but not thematically. Mm. So I'm a very mixed bag about this. I think it's worth watching, certainly by horror fans who will put up with a lot of lame qualities of the film <laughs> to get to the good stuff. But I think general audiences overall are going to be like, what the fuck did I just watch? And I didn't really like that. I'm going to give this 6 out of 10 super creepy tunnels out in the middle of the English countryside that you should totally not walk into, but I would. I would just fucking I would like too. find one and just go, I live here now. Yeah. It'd be a blast. Just going to take my time walking through this tunnel. <laughs> <laughs>